Welcome to The Inner Game. I'm Gwen Garcelon, your host. Thanks for listening. The Inner Game is about how we nurture and attend to our mind, body, spirit health, and how that allows us to play a bigger game and make a bigger contribution in the area of purpose that calls to us. And these conversations are with people who are committed to making an evolutionary difference with their lives from a place of balance and love and service. Today I'm speaking with Jean Dunaway, with whom I share a very special community of practice called the New Republic of the Heart. Jean is on the founding team of this social experiment, which is a global collection of leaders who have been involved in personal and spiritual development and integral practice. As a part of the global cultural change effort underway to address the multiple existential crises we face in these times, Jean is also an attorney and was recognized as the Water Conservationist of the Year for his decade of work with Friends of the North Fork and White Rivers in the Ozark Mountains of Arkansas, where he calls home. Thanks so much for being with us today, Jean. My pleasure, Gwen. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> you know, our, our local listeners will recognize the names of uh, rivers we have in common and hold very dear. The National Forest in our area is the White River National Forest, and the North Fork of the Gunnison River runs through precious agricultural North Fork Valley, just southwest of here in Colorado. I thought that was kind oh, of an amazing beautiful. thing. <laughs> that is amazing, yes. <laughs> Yeah. And I'd just love to hear more about, um, you know, the motivation for that work, because I know it, it speaks to something that's very passionate for you. Yes. Uh, well, uh, some friends of mine and I uh, were part of what uh, I think is now called the Back to the Land movement. Uh, and from our college days, we uh, wanted to buy land together and eventually did. And we bought land in 76 on the White River. Uh, I always loved rivers and spent a lot of time in the wilderness and was uh, down at the river one day when I uh, realized that development, uh, a developer, had gotten access to an island in the middle of the White River and had started a 44-lot development out there. I'd personally seen the entire island underwater during flooding on the White River, which happens uh, relatively often. I got with others and uh, who were also concerned on other areas of the river, and because I was an attorney, I ended up filing the documents and, and creating Friends of the North Fork and White River and then became its first president and started becoming an activist, as uh, I like to do. And and was there, you know, was there a deep connection with the river that you had before that? Or was it through this work that you developed more of that connection? Uh, no, I was already, uh, I grew up with being on a farm often and riding horses and being in the 
the wilderness. And then in Arkansas, many of us fell in love with the Buffalo River, which is the first national scenic river in the United States, and floating the buffalo, you know, from the time I was in college. So I already had that love for rivers, and so the White River, the buffalo flows into the White. So it was just my latest love that I happened to uh, own property with with my friends. Mm. And and what's the what's been the impact of of the Friends of the Rivers work to date? Are, are there's is that island still protected? Uh, it 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 uh, it is. It's that that particular site. We ended up uh, going to federal court and uh, winning uh, a lawsuit against the Corps of Engineers that required them to uh, lower the uh, access they had allowed to be built out to the uh, island. And uh, so the island was never developed uh, Mm. after that period of time. But that was only one of the issues. Another one we were having a lot of trouble with is people destroying riparian areas because they want to clear their land all the way down to the edge of the river, which right. is not uh, not workable, and sand mining for fracking, which was going on gas fracking in, in Arkansas. So a number of issues we ended up addressing. Yeah, we have all those same issues here. <laughs> and and yeah. it's amazing to me, you know, I only recently really have have started to deeply understand the role of wetlands to our greater ecosystem and and it's they're so precious and i and i think people don't often understand what it means even to clear a, a small area of wetlands um also known as what you said riparian areas and you know, I think that they're you know they're they're filters for and they and they can keep a river viable. You know, without without the wetlands, rivers don't really um, exist. And I you know I wonder if that's been something that um, that you've seen mo- more awareness of. In your own experience, I think that is uh, slowly developing. Mm. Uh, the as you point out, the the wetlands or the the edges of the river are one the most uh, biodiverse part of the uh, of our whole country because that's where the land and the water connect. Right. And uh, the so it's cleaning the riparian areas, the cleaning water, you know, before it enters the river. If you will just leave a certain area uh, that is not developed and not uh, remove the vegetation along the river. But this, it, it, the reason I like working with rivers is in order to protect a river, you have to address what's flowing into the river. Right, right. Whether it's pollution or excess fertilizer, etc., like like that, and the main pollutant is dirt, oddly enough, <laughs> because if you wash dirt into the river, it 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 fills up, it covers the bottom of the river, 
which is usually where the microinvertebrates and the macroinvertebrates live, and that's the bottom of the food chain, and then affects all the creatures that live in the higher order of the food chain. So it means addressing and cleaning up the whole areas uh, around us. Mm. And I feel like there's such a you know, a, a beautiful connection between when we get deeply related to the land and the ecosystems that that we love, that it it opens us to a spiritual connection with the land and with other people, with everything. Can you speak a little bit about, you know, how that has evolved for you? that love of the land, the experience of oneness that develops through that love? Uh, yes, being being out on the river is a spiritual experience for me. That's for sure. Uh, I've got a boat, and uh, uh, you know, my friends and I go out on the river, and... Uh, I rarely even fish. I just motor up the river, turn the motor off, and and float down. And and what I see is I see life everywhere. Uh, these areas of the White River are very jungle-like and are teeming with life still. And I look at all the creatures, and I see all of them uh, knowing exactly what to do, how to live, and respecting the river, and it, it gives me the thought, if they can live in harmony and survive uh, as creatures, we, we have the capacity to do that, and also we're intelligent enough to, to support them and support uh, them by not, by allowing the river itself to emerge and to naturally express itself. And I think this is part of my uh, spiritual views as well, that, that uh, the, my approach to spirituality and my own contact with divine wisdom is to allow it to be present in me and allow it to flow through me and to recognize this is not something I need to find or discover that it's something that myself and everyone else is already an expression of. And just so, uh, 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 I have been a student of A Course in Miracles for years. This idea of removing the barriers to the love that is naturally flowing mm. through us. So that's what, uh, the way I relate to it and and the rivers, the rivers flowing through us. Right, water is flowing through us all the time. So uh, I think uh, that's 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 how I connect nature and the divine. Mm. You know, and there's there's um, there's so much research happening now that that speaks to the ability of the natural world to increase, you know, and to give us that access to our innately spiritual nature. You know, it's like we all have that. And it's a big part of 
how we can navigate through these these challenging times. Um, and so I, I, I wanted to ask you something more about that, but I'll just say for those just joining, this is Gwen Garcelon, and you're listening to The Inner Game on KDNK. I'm talking with Jean Dunaway um, about catalyzing our human evolution so we can live on and with the planet that is our home. And I wanted to talk about that a little bit, um, that catalyzing factor, because I think those of us who realize, you know, we've got to do something different and and we see that arc of of evolution going towards more love, more equity. Um, sometimes it's hard to, you know, keep trusting that in, in these times. But if we look at, you know, the arc of time, it does head towards that, you know, more equity and more love and more justice. And, and, I'm, and I'm wondering, you know, what has given you um, that trust that that's how things are going and that we are actually able to catalyze that? Well, I think, you know, I know that in my own life, I have, by grace, had uh, transpersonal, transcendent experiences, direct experiences of the oneness of all that is, and experienced that as basically infinite love or or boundless love. Mm -hmm. And in that uh, knowing of that, in that experience, having this like transmission that, that we are love, that we are okay, Mm -hmm. that there is no such thing as death, that we're, our essence is, eternal, and that uh, we are to love each other and, and, and everything as an expression of the divine. And, and also this idea that uh, this, uh, this realization that our suffering is our guide to peace and love, because suffering is the message to us that that something's out, that something we need to be addressed. And so we are, uh, so that is the, the way in which life informs us to move towards, toward, to move towards love. So when uh, having had those experiences and starting to operate that way and be, you know, to operate with loving kindness as much as I can, uh, Things go. Everything goes much better, and it, it's it touches other people. And I will say, Friends of the Rivers always operated on that on that on that uh, idea, and is not call people's name, not not attacking people, but treating everybody as our friends. And uh, that's had us. So that works in every part of politics and everything else which I've been involved in. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's one of the stories that um, futurist Dwayne Elgin talks about, you know, that we need, we need a story of what's going on right now, of the predicament that we find ourselves in, that 
that puts us in touch with that power of love to connect us, to have access to loving kindness, to have access to forgiveness, to have access to courage, to do things differently than what has been the norm that seems to be going in the direction of our demise. And I, and I wonder mm. if you can speak to, you know, a, a story, you know, is, or maybe expand on that story that drives you when you get into a low moment and you maybe get, you know, connected up with some news that is, um, that, that causes suffering, which, you know, we can't really insulate ourselves from. Um, and, and probably nor should we in, you know, in some way, you know, it's like, we're, we're connected, these things are happening, you know, suffering is real in our world. And what story is it that calls forth our best, our courage, our, our catalyzing of a more beautiful future? Mm, that's a that's a deep question. <clears throat> well, the first thing that comes to mind is I grieve. Yeah, I have, have learned to to grieve and to cry my eyes out. Yeah, right when I'm feeling that, and uh, uh, if I don't do that, uh, then I internalize the suffering of whatever it is and instead of letting it pass through me and allowing it to be released. So, uh, as you know, I have uh, worked and done personal transformation work all over the world for 30 years. And, and sometimes I'm just so overwhelmed by the sadness of what people are going through and experiencing. I have to go back to my room and just and, and cry and, 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 and discharge it all. Mm -hmm. Once I've done that, uh, because I believe that in order to feel and desensitize ourselves to what's happening in the world, we must experience all the, the entire spectrum of emotions, right? You can't just feel good. Some people want to feel good all the time. You have to be willing to feel everything. Yeah. That's and such I an important I, point. Yeah. 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 So and, once I do that and, and weep, it lasts 10 minutes or so, right? And then I feel revitalized. And then I go about, okay, so that's the way it is. Now what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've, I've also been... Um, I mean, I've had a lifetime of, of grief as a sort of a central theme. My father died when I was a teenager, and um, it's been a long road of, mm. of integrating that experience in my life. And, and knowing, as you say, the, the real necessity that we experience that full spectrum of emotion, because if we collapse that lower spectrum of the grief and the sorrow and the suffering, then we also collapse the upper register of our ability to mm. access joy and forgiveness and kindness. Beautifully and, said, Gwen. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's just something I've I've also been working with quite a bit lately. So 
so what do you find that the grief leaves you with? I mean, I know you say you can return to your work revitalized. Um, you know, is there more to that or or something else you wanted to say in, in addition to the grief work? Well, it, uh, it, it frees up my access to uh, – one, it frees up my access to the, the – the, uh, to insight, okay? And when I live in the question and become curious about what's called for now, uh, I can always uh, see – you know, the the next way, the next way to go. Mm-hmm. And then to to take that action, whatever it is. Or often it's having a conversation with someone. In many cases, it's who do I need to go to? What do I need to say? How do I need to be, et cetera? And then to, to engage in that. Uh, and I've also, you know, it just reminds me of this kind of deep message I have received uh, from my muses, as I say. Uh, I was once faced with a situation when I need to, needed to say some very difficult things to a group of, group of people. And I, I was afraid. And uh, so I, uh, I prayed. I prayed. I asked for guidance. And the message I received was, you will never, you will never be asked to do anything that you are not capable of. I mean by that, anything that you feel like, uh, addressing or, or expressing, etc., that comes from love and comes from care, you will have and find the strength to do that, that will be available to you. Yeah, I feel like we need that as a species right now to remember that, you know, we're being, we're being given this opportunity to, you know, to, to really live in love and, and to really feel our connectedness to each other. You know, I feel like there's so much I feel like there's something about the Ukraine war that's different about every previous war. And I feel like there's a level of connection that we feel, not only with the Ukrainians and, and the Russians, and, you know, all of, but also with, you know, seeing the systems that connect us, the food systems, the fuel systems. You know, everything that that we've built that allows us to operate together is, you know, we're seeing that when we when we throw a bomb into the middle of it, it affects us all. Yes. And maybe we're being given that opportunity to to make some different choices. That's my story that I'm sticking to. (laughs) Yes, I think that's, uh, uh, you know, I think that's, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're deeply, as a, as a global civilization, we're deeply confronted with the, uh, the profound question <laughs> that I called, 
how then shall we live, right? Mm -hmm. If we really are all connected, connected with each other and everything, and uh, uh, an expression or that we are the activity of the divine, all of us, no matter how you say and appreciate, how do we move into a world where we're actually living from there? And I think that's the question of our time. Mm -hmm. And it's the the our desire of more and more people to uh, uh, awaken and to live and to move into that world is confronting us at times with the necessity of us stopping uh, the killing of others. Yeah. You know, which requires great courage and, in some way, is a contradiction to. Uh, you know, provide weapons to destroy and kill people. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 and at the same time, if, if, if for, for uh, activities that are happening at that level, you know, I myself would, would uh, uh, you know, risk my life to stop such things. So what a conundrum, Yeah, you know. Well, I think, you know, I wanted to say just something about New Republic of the Heart, because that's, you know, a community that we've both been engaging with and grappling deeply with all of these issues together with others who are willing to really open their hearts and and ask these deep questions of each other. And is there anything just briefly that you'd like to say about the New Republic of the Heart, Jean? Well, I just, uh, you know, so inspired by the this fundamental idea of doing inner work, uh, in, inter work between ourselves and our relationships, and doing outer work, uh, because I tend to be kind of an outer work uh, person, and uh, uh, I love the idea that that Terry kind of has named that we are. Uh, globally, in many different places, people are awakening to being connected with each other through the heart and mm. by love. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I love the idea of a practice community and an experiment. I mm-hmm. love that it's called a social experiment. Me too. Which says, which says we don't know how to do this. We don't do this right all the time. We get to do it wrong. But it's an experiment in which we get to come together and uh, practice living from love and respect and contribution with each other and failing, yet being still supported by others in doing that. Mm. So, uh, yeah, that's a beautiful, uh, that's a beautiful place yeah. to, to, to wrap. Um, if people would like more information about, you can join this community of practice at newrepublicoftheheart.org. And thank you so much for listening today. If you have a question for Gene or me, you can join the Facebook page at The Inner Game. And until next time, as a fortune cookie that I have pasted on my bulletin board right now says, listen to the guidance of your heart. Consider following it more. Waves are crashing, rivers churning, planets twirling. 